0: TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives.
1: This is That Paleo Show with your hosts, Stephanie Wozelik, Dr. Yana James, and Dr. Brett Hill.
2: Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Stephanie Waslick. I'm Dr. Yana James
0: and I'm Dr. Brett Hill
2: and this is our final episode in our 12 week introduction to paleo we will have lots more episodes after this one but we thought we'd conclude our introduction 12 week with an episode about um, the paleo journey so when people decide to go paleo I'm doing air quotes (laughs) um it it tends to, we tend to run across some challenges or some criticism or, um, and everyone takes it at a different, uh, a different approach. So today we kind of thought we'd talk about some challenges and kind of go through our own journeys a little bit about, about what happens along the paleo journey.
1: Yeah. I think, um, really for me, it's, it, as much as we kind of, oh, I kind of hate using that word, the journey, cause it's a bit cliche. It really is. And it's about making small changes and recognising when you have setbacks and getting back on that horse and continuing to ride forwards. You know, I've had a lot of setbacks along the way and, you know, Steph and I were talking just before we were sitting out in the sun having a really nice cup of tea, cup of lemongrass and ginger tea, getting some vitamin D and we were talking about the sort of challenges that we faced and um, what really came up for us was stuff about, I guess, food rewards Um, and uh, I'm doing the Whole30 Challenge at the moment and I just... Luke and I just paid off a loan and we're really excited about that. And I was quite surprised how disappointed I was that I couldn't have a glass of wine, which was really quite fascinating because I didn't think I used it in that way. Um, But to get home on the Friday night, pay off that loan and go, yeah, we've done it. And then go, oh, well, how do we celebrate that without alcohol? It was really interesting. Um, So even though I thought I was pretty good, obviously there were still some reward factors going on in there and I definitely know I've had a lot of setbacks last year I had a lot of emotional stuff going on and um I found myself going back into eating eating for comfort um and so I, I did a rebirthing course last year which was really interesting it's it's a, a a technique to get in tune with some emotional blockages and and work through those and work out why you have certain behaviors and um I discovered I had a, a a realization of being a very young child and going to the, the doctor and I had to have blood tests when I was little quite regularly and every time I went in there and had this blood test and it hurt the doctor would say you've been such a good girl here have a jelly bean or here you go that'll stop it hurting have a jelly bean and what that came to, what the conclusion was that I had from that, was from a very young age, I'd learned to associate sugar especially, but food, with rewarding myself, with taking away pain, for one, and um, for, for um, being a good girl. So even as an adult now, as funny as it sounds, um, I found myself, when I had a bad day or when something hadn't gone to plan, when I had come up short of where I'd expected to be, I'd then want to soothe myself with food. Which is not really a good way of going about things.
0: Yeah, it's such a good point. And it's it's something I'm really conscious of, obviously, having two little kids. Mm. Is we're constantly thinking about, okay, well, what are we teaching our kids? Like, What are we teaching them right now? And so it's really important to start thinking about what the message they're getting if you're rewarding them like that is. And, yeah. you know, I think for us, it's it's all about... Um, you know internal validation for the kids I think is really important so you know that means perhaps rather than me telling the kids they did a great job it's about me asking them how they think they went right which is just it's a subtle thing but it makes such a big difference so rather than them then growing up relying on someone else to tell them they did a good job they're learning to to reward them and acknowledge themselves when they did a good job which I think is is super important Um, And the other thing we try to teach our kids is, I guess, the difference between a short-term goal and a long-term goal or or a short-term result and a long-term result. And so, you know, if we look at your example of the lollipop, you know, we know the lollipop, you know, most kids are going to see that as a short-term win, right? They're going to be like, great, lollipop, tastes good, full of sugar, bright colors, you know, this is fun. Um, But we also know, and any parent who's out there is going to know that if your kid has that lollipop, then chances are in an hour or two's time or maybe later on today or maybe even tomorrow – then they're going to tend to have a crash. They're going to be grumpier. They're going to be more tired. They're not going to function as well. Perhaps even not be as healthy. You know that sugar might you know create some um, infections. You know all sorts of stuff can can happen as a result of that. And obviously that's going to the extreme and probably more repeated doses. But yeah. you know you get the idea that if you look at it in the short term, then you see one thing, and if you look at it in the longer term, then you'll see another. Um, and you can do quite the opposite, where if you're rewarding them with something really healthy. Then you know, and that might be something as simple as spending some quality time with them. then not only is that going to make them feel good in the now, but it's also going to make them feel good in the future and and it 's not even about feeling good it 's going to reward them with good health in the future too so I think it's a really important point you make, Jana that thinking about those rewards and and how we 're acknowledging our successes is just a super important part of that too
2: yeah and it, it just goes to show that the journey doesn't have to start you know with us I think we we all found paleo in adult years but it's about teaching your kids as well from the very start about all of this and and setting them up for a really good journey yeah
1: and I love um my cousin once said to me that's probably only a couple of months ago um when we're talking about those long-term goals she had a really good way of looking at it and so she had a bit of a self-talk pep up sort of thing that she'd do and she'd say to herself look it's future me is we we you know, me in a week's time, am I going to thank me for this behaviour or this activity that I'm just about to do? And Sarah, our um, PT at the practice, sort of reiterated that beautifully last night and she was talking about a Facebook post that's going around, which is... um, Gee, I really regret that workout said no one ever, you know, (laughs) so is that I love the way of looking at it long term and and that's sort of I guess where we come from with our wellness stuff is those long term changes that you want to make to get the best out of life forever.
0: Yeah, and I think that's really been I guess my journey with paleo is that I've always kind of had a real long term perspective to this and um, you know, I've probably been on this journey for 15 years and, and so part of that long-term aspect to it, I mean, part of it is literally the fact that I've just continued learning as I went along. And that 15 years ago, I didn't know what I know now, so there's no way I could have even tried to make all those changes at once. Mm. Uh, but also that I always had a longer-term perspective in it. I mean, this is obviously um, what I've written about in my book, which is How to Eat an Elephant. Um, and that's all about taking small steps, you know, chunking things down one bite at a time and understanding that, you know, very often when we try and make massive amounts of change at once then we're actually setting ourselves up for failure. We're making it really hard on ourselves to be able to succeed at that and to sort of snowball that. Whereas, you know, very often if we can set the goals just a little bit smaller, um, then we can actually make it a lot more achievable for ourselves. We can make it easier to achieve those goals and then to then makes it very much easier to pick the next goal and to keep moving forward. So it's I always say you know it's not it's not so much about where you are it's about what direction you're heading that's super important.
1: Yeah, and I think you know we've got a really good point here as well is that we're not aiming for perfection, right? It that that's sort of an to me it's an unachievable goal. It's a it's maybe one to have in your mind but it's not you, you shouldn't be thinking that it's something that you're ever going to reach because there's always going to be room for improvement as far as I'm concerned. Would you guys agree there's always oh, going to be room for improvement? So yeah. what you want to do is to apply what you know now. In a way that works with you, that's congruent, that is sustainable so that you can make those little itty-bitty changes and really build to something awesome.
0: Yeah, I'd probably add to that. I I actually probably do aim for perfection. I know that (laughs) sounds ridiculous, but I do aim for perfection, but as like a long-term aim. Like I'm like, there's this perfection out there and that's what I'm aiming to. But part of that is... One, I acknowledge that I may never get there.
1: Yeah, right? I think that's so, probably the So I'm always part. wanting to
0: push towards it, but I've got to acknowledge that I may never get there, right? Yeah. And, and I probably never will. It's always going to be just there, Yeah. but I'm always trying to say, well, how close to that can I get, right? I'm not going to settle it, you know, this is kind of the 80-20 rule and all those sort of things. You know, I, I'm not a big fan of that, because I'm like, well, what happens when you get to 80, right? What do you do then? Do you stop, or do you continue trying to improve? So I am might aim for perfection, but one, acknowledge that you may never get there, and two, acknowledge that failures and setbacks and challenges are actually just part of the journey. And yeah. I think that's probably been, you know, a big part of my journey is just acknowledging that, you know, over those 15 years, I've failed heaps of times, right? I've, I've not succeeded. I've gone backwards. I've, you know, but in reality none of those have been failures, none of those have been going backwards, because I've learned stuff along the way, I've made new distinctions, it's caused me to find new knowledge, and it's meant that the next time I took on that challenge, it was easier, um, and made it easy to take that next step forward.
2: Yeah, and um, in, I think it's Simon Sinek, is that how you yeah. say his name, in the, his Start With Why book, uh, at the very end of the book, there's a beautiful gem, and it talks about only trying to be better than yourself, and that's exactly what I think you're talking about, Brett. It's yeah. just, you're not trying to be better than me or better than Yana, or we're not trying to be better than you, and we're not trying to be better than um, anyone else in the paleo community. We're always just trying to beat our our own goals and our own achievements. So um, I know like Yana started the, the Whole30 this week, and, and that's not because... W- You know, we're doing it. That's not because anyone else is doing it. It's because she wants to. She wants to do that achievement for herself.
1: Yeah, and I think you know um, that that really comes back to that external versus internal validation thing. We don't want to be comparing ourselves to everyone else because you know if we look at it, seventy-seven percent of the Australian population is chronically ill. We don't want to be comparing ourselves to those sick people because that's a really bad place to be. And I think for me, that's sort of how I got to where I was at before was. Well, at least I'm not bad as as bad as those guys. You know, I could yeah. be worse. Instead of well, what can I do to make me better than me yesterday? Um, and certainly with those setbacks, like you were saying, it's it's an opportunity to learn. You should be really grateful if you you know grateful if you succeed and don't have setbacks. But when you do, if you do, be grateful that you've had them because more than off, more often than not, you'll discover that your body tells you that that's actually a setback. I know for me, every time I, I get into this like tape loop where I go back and I. Do a behavior that I used to do. I'll go to a restaurant that I haven't been to since I was doing paleo and have some food there that I would have loved back then. Um, And now I have it and my body goes, what the hell are you doing? Like, don't do that. And so it's a really good affirmation or, or, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Reaffirming. Reaffirming that I've made the right decisions and I should be so proud of the changes I've made to my body and that my body can actually tell me when I'm having stuff that's not ideal and not going to support my best health.
2: Yeah. Well, this week, I, I mean, I, I've been pretty good with paleo, I think, for the last little while. And I decided to step it up a notch and try and make some sauerkraut homemade from scratch <laughs> yeah. because nice. I thought, oh, I've never made fermented food before. It's this awesome, delicious, you know, thing that'd be good for my gut. So I, you know, enthusiastically went and bought some jars, made some sauerkraut, and I tried it for the first time a couple of days ago without reading all of the warning signs on the websites and <laughs> turns out I had made a bad batch of sauerkraut and I've been suffering all morning so but it, but that just goes to show I mean it doesn't mean you shouldn't try you really need to just take that experience learn from it and I'm listening to my body going oh I won't do that again but I will try and make some more sauerkraut and it's and it's about taking it always to that next level and just trying to be better than yourself it's something i would never done before I wanted to take myself a little bit out of my comfort zone and give it a go
0: yeah, and I think back to what uh, Yana was talking about before is when you do go back to those foods that you had previously loved. Then once again, it, it's that longer term thing again, right? Because yeah. chances are, as you're eating it, you're gonna feel good, right? Yeah. You're like, oh yeah. yeah, I've had this for ages. Yeah. Like oh. But then if you really pay attention to how you feel the next, that night, the next day, then you start to get really different answers. Yeah. Like, I know for me at the moment, I'm sort of doing some experiments in in like hip to waist ratio, just following that over time, just because it's kind of interesting. And it's amazing how just what you eat can make such a difference to that. And that's, just one, I mean, I'm not big on measurements, I should say that, you know, I'm not big on averages and weights and blood pressures and, you know, we get so caught up in those numbers and, and I'm definitely not getting caught up in what my number is. It's it's just purely out of curiosity um, and I think that's important. Uh, but it's definitely that thing of being able to look at it, how it affects you that day and even the next day, which is fascinating to start draw some conclusions and some, you know, just points of interest there.
2: Yeah, and I think it's really important. We've talked about this before as paleo being a framework. But it's also kind of a state of mind as well and it's important to kind of think about how are you actually looking at paleo are you looking at it as a diet and if you are looking at it as a diet then you probably think you're depriving yourself of these other foods whereas if you look at it as a lifestyle something that's making you healthy and improving yourself along the way is that really depriving yourself of anything like if you go have that you know Like white roll or something, are you deprived, like have you been deprived of that white roll or by eating that white roll are you depriving yourself of health and happiness? So it's just about how you look at that.
0: Yeah and I think that's the classic thing from your non-paleo friends isn't it? Like they just assume that you're denying yourself right? That you're actually you know being like this sacrificial lamb who's you know putting yourself up to all this deprivation (laughs) for some future gain or you know they really think that you're doing that you know, to be a martyr, basically. Like, it's mm. quite amazing. And they just can't seem to get their head around this longer-term perspective. Like, they just don't get the fact that, actually, I'm choosing not to eat that because I'll feel better for it. Like, I'm getting more benefit out of not eating it than I would get out of eating it. And, and that's what they just don't get because very often they just don't have that longer-term perspective.
1: Yeah, and I think that's, unfortunately, a, a result of society as it is at mm. the moment with our serious quick-fix issue um, of wanting things now and uh, I'm I I talked before about paying off a loan and that is part of that quick fix mentality I was from a, a a headspace where I wanted something now. So I was going to go and put it on the credit card. And that got me in a lot of trouble because I wanted that instant gratification, that instant gain, not thinking about the longer term effects. And so whilst like last year I said I had a pretty tough year and I went back to eating sugar um, as a result of doing, of of having vegetarian food. Actually, when I first started having some vegetarian food at this course that I was doing, I went out of ketosis or fat burn and started burning glucose, um, which uh, my body was just, it's like an addiction. Basically my body went, yep. I'm, I remember what that's like. I want some more of that. Give me more sugar. I like burning that stuff. That's good. And plus you get a little bit of a, um, uh, neurological buzz from it, right. Temporary, Mm -hmm. but still was getting one. And, even though I was going through all of that, and maybe nutritionally I'd gone backwards, my finances are amazing, and that's thanks to you, Doctor Breck, giving me um, access or you know getting me in touch with um, David Ramsey and um, Total Money Makeover. Is that am I getting? Yeah. Am I confusing yeah. the two that you gave me? Because you gave me Millionaire Next Door.
0: Yeah, and the Total Money Makeover. The total Money
1: Makeover, and yeah. they. I know this is probably off topic, but they really changed my life because it's looking at that long term thing. So we're now doing that debt snowballing. It's so good to have that long-term approach to so many things. And what I found is that getting that financial stuff under control took away a whole heap of other stresses that were making me crave more, more sugars, right? So it, 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 even though if it's off topic, it's still kind of on topic because there are things that you can do to help yourself be more successful in a range of areas, including looking after your health.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Is like this doesn't have to be about. Well, it is about food, but it's not all about food. So, you know, if you've developed yourself in a, and you're in a better emotional state, then you won't be craving those those bad foods. Or maybe you focused on your physical, um, like fitness, well-being, and that also plays plays a role. Or maybe you focused on getting enough sleep, and it all plays a role, mm. and it all contributes. To your health, and it's really important to kind of look back over time and see the changes that you've made. So, um, I know Kay at the at the practice was kind of reminiscing last night at our talk about how you know she used to think nothing of having a few uh, cookies or biscuits, you know, before bed or after dinner or whatever, and she was kind of looking back and saying, "Oh, wow, you know what? I've come a really long way, and you know, I don't need to do that anymore." And her husband doesn't have coffee in his or. Sugar. Sugar, sugar in his coffee tea i don't know what he drinks yeah, anyways coffee. anymore and it's just about looking back and again that internal um validation is that the word you used reflection and realizing how far you have come or maybe you're just at the start of your journey and you change one little thing and develop one new little habit and look back on that as well
0: yeah and yeah. i think that's the thing like if, if you can change one little thing like once a month for a year you know, then you look back at the end of that year and you realise, hey, I've actually come a long way. Like, I've changed 12 different things. And so... It's, it's that thing of, I guess, we always, you know, there's a saying that we tend to um, overestimate, well, sorry, no, underestimate how much we can get done in a day and, no, other way around, overestimate how much we can get done in a day and underestimate how much we can get done in a lifetime, right? So so we need to sort of do it the other way. We need to like set ourselves smaller goals for today and bigger goals for our lifetime and just chunk it down and you'll be amazed at how much change you can create.
2: Yeah, I really like the analogy of the Great Pyramids. I've used this one a few times recently because I just love it. It's great. Because if you think, I don't I don't actually know how many years or decades it took to build the pyramids but if you think of the workers there every single day they would not have noticed a change on a daily basis Mm -hmm. but if you came back you know once a month or once a year over the progress of that pyramid you would see massive changes it would look like a totally different thing so that's really what your life looks like when you make small changes but a lot of people maybe don't don't like to make small changes and they want to just jump in and do it all at once. So you guys, you guys must know people like that as well.
1: Yeah. I was just yeah. going to talk about that because I know when I started, I was doing bit by bit and that worked really well for me. Um, having said that, I thought at the time I was doing all or nothing. Cause mm-hmm. you know, as we know, I did any candida, then gluten free, then low carb. So I yeah. thought I was doing all or nothing, but it actually has turned out to be bit by bit, putting the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle together. Um, But for me now, with doing the Whole30, I have loved that. That's like getting in wholehearted, totally into it, doing this challenge, which for me, I knew in the back of my mind the challenge wasn't going to end at 30 days. I was just using that to, I suppose, maybe trick myself into (laughs) behaving, For you know, because I I know every time that I've sort of fallen off, had a setback, if I can get myself through two or three weeks of really good behavior, then it's easy to maintain that behavior uh, because all of those cravings go away, the stress stuff disappears so it was sort of a like you just do it get it done because I was sort of whinging and running away from it every time I looked at it I'm like no I don't want to do it So I was running off but this was a way for me to just get into it get it done and now that I've done that like I've got the next three challenges set up as well like I know what I'm going to do for the next three months after that which is cool so again I suppose it's still a bit by bit way of looking at it
0: yeah and i think the important thing of understanding that i guess is that it is about um, making it easier on yourself isn't it because if you do go full bore into it we know that that's going to affect i mean it's probably going to be harder initially because you are going to have those full-on cravings and withdrawals and all those sort of things but then by the end of that 30 days you really have changed your metabolism you change your physiology such that those cravings are going to be so much different that that it makes it much easier for you to continue and I think the best thing about doing something like that whole 30 challenge is by the end of that 30 days, you can actually see how good it could be. So even if you then go back to the start and start doing it one bite at a time, at least you've got a picture of, hey, you know, if I did this full on, like if if I got to this end goal of doing it that way all the time, then this is what I can expect. You know, my energy is going to change. My cravings are going to change. You know, whatever's changed for you. It gives you a a picture of knowing because very often what happens is we get so far into it Um, that we've been living this perhaps unhealthy lifestyle for such a long time that we don't even realize how good it could be if it could change. And and often we're told that it can't change and we're told, oh, there's nothing you can do about it. It's bad luck. It's your genes. It's just you, whatever. And so it's that, that reset of going, wow, that's what's possible, I think is one of the best things about that. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. But also making your goals measurable is key as well. So I know, and kind of gets back to finances. I know when it's like, we'll just spend less money or eat out less or, you know, do this or do that less or do that more. That's really abstract. And I have a really hard time working within those parameters because what do they mean? You're not measuring them in any way. But if you say to yourself, okay, um, I'm going to do this X amount of times a week, or I'm going to do this for a whole week, or I'm going to do it for a whole month, like having those parameters and those really clear goals and objectives makes a huge difference and it makes you be able to know at the end that you did achieve it's not like that 80 20 like Brett was saying oh well 80 percent of the time I'm going to eat well Well, how are you measuring that (laughs) and you probably think that you're doing better than you actually are (laughs) yeah absolutely and this this fits in really well with
1: um I had a wellness coaching session with Steph oh must be must be four weeks ago now and um she gave me some tips and pointers of having a daily checklist of things to do and I I, to be truth be told, I only got around to finishing my version of it this weekend, but I've had it this week, and it's been really amazing to see how many more things I get done when I've allotted time for it. Um, but also, it gives you that chance to reflect and go, Oh, wow, I actually did do what I said I was going to do. And then you can do that gratitude to yourself and, and congratulate yourself on having achieved. And I know you. It, People are probably going to listen and go, cool, I'm going to do this. And then there's other people who are going to listen and go, that sounds good, and I'll do it eventually. And that was where I was at. Um, so I hope some of you can take it on board and put it into place because even though Steph told me how good it was for her, and I think Dr. Brett actually gave her the pointers in the first place, so it's a nice big triangle here. Even though she'd said how much of a difference it had made to her life, it wasn't until I actually did it that I went, oh, yeah, I see what you, made, what you were talking about. That's awesome.
0: And yeah. I reckon that's a great point because it kind of goes to the fact that You know, there there, there does tend to be like a right time and a right place for you to take on each of these challenges. And so what you're going to find is that sometimes you'll take on a challenge and it just won't be right for you at that time. And so you might not succeed at that time or sometimes you'll discover a challenge and think, yeah, I really should do that. And you won't end up doing it. I know I've done this. You won't end up doing it till like four or five years later, like literally. (laughs) Um, but, But, you know, that's okay as well. Like that is literally part of the journey. Sometimes it's just you're in the right place at the right time and then all of a sudden you're like bang, easy. You know, you just make that change. You stick it. You're motivated. You're ready to go. And so just just understand that there is, you know, there's a bit of timing there as well and that if, you know, if you didn't get it, it's perhaps just not the right time and the right place to take on that particular challenge and maybe just pick another one and go on with it. I mean, this is, you know, I mentioned my book before, like I've got 97 different chapters in my book, you know, so there's so many different things there that are all really part of the paleo lifestyle that you can just pick one little bit, and, and as I said, it's really specific, as you said, it's measured, so it's either a 21-day challenge or a seven-week challenge, so you're really setting yourself some very specific parameters to see whether you succeeded or not.
2: Yeah, and I always say you can't unlearn information yeah. either, yeah. so when you hear this information, even if you say to yourself, oh yeah, I'm not ready for it now, but like in six months, you know, I'll be in a really good space to do something about it, um, you you do tend to start making those changes earlier on, you, you still know what's right and you still know what you want to do and what you want to achieve. And your brain kind of sets itself up to start achieving those things even before you kind of know that you're doing it yourself.
1: Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. And I think another thing that I really like, um, that you got me on to doing Brett was to write a list of goals. So you do uh, New Year's Eve, you go through the 100 goals from last year,
0: right? Uh, so New Year's Eve, I actually do, um, I write out my achievements from the last year. Achievements from the last so, year. So New nice. Year's Eve is kind of our gratitude for the year before. So we sit down, and Beck and I tend have been doing this together over the last couple of years, which has been great. And so we sit down and say, okay, what did we actually achieve over the last 12 months? Which is just the coolest thing. Like, it's amazing when you actually sit there and start writing it down, and you go hey, wow, there there is some stuff I did this year. That's kind of cool.
2: Yeah, and what I've been doing, and I'm sure a lot of you have seen this on Facebook and Pinterest and stuff, but I've got myself a jar that every time I do something that I'm proud of, I write it on a little note piece of paper and put it in the jar with the date on it. And then with the intention, I started that on um, January 1st, right? So with the intention at the end of the year. And my, my idea of doing it that way was just that you actually don't, don't forget all the little things that you were really proud of as well so while I do understand doing it retrospectively over 12 months you probably do forget about the no, little sure. victories that you had <laughs> so like I just wrote I just wrote one today or yesterday that I ate the first batch of lettuce out of my garden and that was really exciting for me I've no, never no. done that before so um those are things that you would maybe tend to forget yeah, I love it. over time but that's another thing by doing an actual gratitude journal as well so I don't know if that's something you do but um yeah yeah, just just keeping track of the things that you're grateful for every
0: day. Yeah, so I, I actually do do a journal. I fill this in every day. I don't know if you've seen me doing it at the practice, but um, in fact, I don't do it every day. I do it five days a week because I do it when I'm at the practice because that's easy for me to, to remember and make sure I do it. So, um, so in the mornings, I write out three things that I'm grateful for every single day. Um, I write out three things that I'm visualizing, so three things that I want to happen in the future, uh, and then I write out one affirmation. So I have an affirmation for the day of... Who I am, what I do, those sort of things. And, and I find that really useful. Um, so, look, I think we're getting sort of towards the end. Um, one thing I wanted to say before we finish is, um, you know, you mentioned Simon Sinek earlier. And his book, Start With Why, is just brilliant. And so, I think one of the best things you can have in your head as you're going through this paleo journey is, why am I doing it? Like, why am I actually doing paleo? Um, Because if you can really connect with why you're doing it and whatever that is for you, like it might be that you want to be an elite athlete, right? It might be that you want to set a great example for your kids, you know, it might be that you want to have a great relationship or, you know, whatever it is for you, what what is it that really drives you? What is it that, that really floats your boat? And if you can get that sorted and perhaps even write that out into a bit of a mission statement or a statement of purpose, then all of a sudden, if you can use that as a frame of reference every time you're making these decisions that you're going to go okay is this decision helping me fulfill my statement of purpose is this helping me really achieve this massive life goal that i've got then i think that makes those little decisions along the way just so much cleaner and easier
2: yeah just play that game with yourself that kids do all the time but why but why so like you say oh well i want to lose weight and you say but why do i want to lose weight well because i want to feel better well why do i want to feel better and just kind of narrow it down right until the very end and you have that something that's at the center of everything that you do and then every decision that you make from then on you fit it into that box say does it work towards my purpose or does it harm my purpose and that's how you actually make these decisions so it doesn't have to be a willpower or a spontaneous decision you just put it into that box yes or no does it help me or does it not yeah, that's great. And I, I've actually done that. I've got my statement of purpose
1: on my bathroom wall, and I read it every morning while I'm brushing my teeth, which has been great. I just also realised recently when I when we bought a house and when um, I manifested my position with you at the practice, Doctor Brett, I sat down and wrote well. a list of things I, done. Oh, I, I didn't know I did. I did a great know, did job. <laughs> I'm very good like that. So um, I sat down for our house, right? I sat down and wrote a list of 19 things that I wanted to have in a house. The house we got had 17 of them. The two things that was missing was, one, a dishwasher, which we installed in the first week anyway, and um, secondly, some ceiling fans. And what the house actually had instead was evaporative cooling, which you can have in Australia, in South Australia, I mean. And that is so much better than a ceiling fan (laughs) any day. So, look, the universe knew even better than I did what I wanted, and same goes for my position with you. And I think... What happens when you actually sit down, commit, and write it on a piece of paper is you connect different parts of your brain. You put it out. and I don't know this is going to get really hippie and weird, yeah. but you put it out there to the universe. And once you've stated what you want, it is so much easier for you to achieve those things in your life. And I think that goes so well with that cash flow game that we were playing too. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is just about repatterning your, your brain to see possibilities that you didn't see before.
0: Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. It means that when those opportunities come along in your life, you're, you've, you've trained your brain to look for them. And so as, you know, as soon as you're, you've told your brain every single day that I'm looking out for this opportunity, there's no way you're going to miss it when it comes along. So as soon as that opportunity comes along to make that change, to take that next step, you're like, bang, ready to go. And the other thing you said was um, you know, really important, I think, in terms of setting the goals is that when you do set yourself a goal, a good thing to write is write your goal and then write at the end or something better. Right? Nice. So you're just leaving the opportunity there that you know what sometimes something comes along that's completely different to what I was thinking. You know maybe I was like looking for the Porsche and that you know someone offered me a free Lamborghini, right? You know, go well, no, my goal is the Porsche. right? <laughs> you got to go well, hey, hang on, this is pretty cool. You know, so it, it's just that or something better. I think is a cool thing to add on the end. Love it.
2: Yeah, and I think that shows that we're really we're really open minded as well. We're not trying to put paleo in this really tiny box and mm. say that these are all your rules as well. It's really important that it works. For you, it works for you at your stage of life and um, and, and it's something that's gonna make you happy and something that's gonna make you have a sense of achievement and fulfillment and we're always here to support you in that. I know we're gonna go
1: over but I just sort of something really quickly I want to add in as well that's really helped me with the setbacks is Dean Dwyer um, talked about visualizing things right so we're talking about writing lists setting goals really important that you then visualize what that looks like in 3d i think and and the way that he used it was that if he knew he was going to a party or to a function he would visualize the entire event from start to finish with him only eating what he wanted to eat that was paleo um and then he found that was completely successful, and I've put that into practice and yeah. found it to be amazing. If I visualize the upcoming event, go through the whole thing, see it happen in my mind's eye, then it's so much less likely for things to go awry with that. And that's advice
2: I've been giving as well. Yeah, to, love it. To my clients. thanks, Dean. Yeah. yeah. So listen, guys, thank you so much for joining us for our first twelve episodes of that Paleo show. We've had so much fun doing it, and I know we've briefed over a lot of topics, but. Um, you know, we have so much more exciting stuff to come. Uh, we're really, really looking forward to our next episode because we are interviewing Dr. Nora Gagaudis. So excited. Um, and, oh, yeah, I just can't even tell you how excited we are for that. Yeah. So, look, thank you for joining us for the first 12. Know that we are going to get into more depth and have so many more exciting things coming forward. And, uh, and yeah, so until next week. Check us out on Facebook, share your story, and help to grow the Paleo Tribe worldwide.
0: This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Hi, Dr. Damien Christoph here. Well, believe it or not, the 100th episode of The Wellness Guys is fast approaching. The best part about this incredible journey for us has been hearing the life-changing stories so many listeners have experienced. And now we want to interview you on The Wellness Guys show. All you have to do is record a short video or audio testimonial using your phone or your computer for us to use on our 100th episode. Email it to info at thewellnessguys.com to enter the draw to win a free VIP ticket to the Wellness Summit in Melbourne. This is on Saturday, August 17. The value of this is $297. Plus, there are four AV recordings from our Gold Coast Summit valued at $147 each. Plus, one lucky winner will be interviewed by us on our 100th episode. So get to it and good luck.